1: To get started, visit plushcare.com slash loss. That's plushcare.com slash loss.
2: This is Entry 3118, titled The Bright Tree, written and submitted by an exchange member going by the name Girl from the Crypt, recorded by Cole Weaver's. my best friend for longer than I can remember. At least that's what he keeps telling me. According to him, the first time we met actually wasn't the first time we met. It's the only one I can recall, though. It happened on what to me was a very bad day. I think I was around 17 back then, and for some reason I wasn't doing so well. The town we live in is home to more horses and ponies than people. I'm exaggerating, of course, but that's really what you'd think if you took a walk around here as an outsider. It's rural and solitary, bordering on wide woodland. You'd have to drive for an hour straight to even get to the nearest actual city, although you'd pass a variety of other tiny villages on the way. Whenever I feel down, I go on long walks around the fence meadows where the horses are. Seeing them just graze has always made me feel calm. It's simply a soothing sight. It's not like I had anyone else to help cheer me up back then. I was practically without friends and my relationship with my parents was strained. Maybe that's what I was sad about that day. Maybe there had been, I don't know, another fight at home. I don't really know for sure, though. The day I met my best friend, I was on one of these walks around the paddocks. It had rained a few hours prior, so the ground was soggy and wet. I seemed to sink in a little with every step I took, not even able to keep my footing in the rubber boots I was wearing. I came to a halt right in front of a fence to look at the horses for a little while. Their large bodies had been wrapped in blankets to protect them from the cold weather, and some had taken refuge under their shelters while others were trotting about as usual seemingly unfazed. Are you going to cry? The voice came from behind me and it piped up completely unexpectedly. I spun around to face its owner and promptly slipped in the rain-soaked dirt. The only thing keeping me from falling was the hand that shot forward and quickly grabbed me by the upper arm, steadying me on my feet. Oh, I'm sorry, I didn't mean to sneak up on you. The boy in front of me stammered, carefully removing his hand again. I know you. Yeah? I asked a bit unsure. I tried to place his features, but even after some thinking, I simply didn't recognize him. I could tell he was my age, but he looked old without being old. I know this is probably not a perfectly useful description, but he had the air of someone who had trouble sleeping. He looked exhausted. From school? He shook his head no. Nah, I'm already done with school. And we went to different ones anyways, I, I think. I never saw you there. He cleared his throat. We, uh, we used to hang out when we were kids. Are you sure? Because I don't... He gave me a wave of his hand. Yeah, none of them do. I mean, one does, but he didn't make it. It's really uh, better not to. I felt a nervous smile grow on my lips. (laughs) Okay, what do you mean by that? That's not important. If you want me to, I can tell you, but not now. It was shaping up to be the weirdest conversation I'd had in a long time, but it was an intriguing kind of weirdness. Besides, I was longing for company, and despite coming off a tad odd, he seemed friendly enough. Why'd you think I was going to cry? Did I look sad? He nodded. You know, if you need someone to talk to, his voice trailed off and he let go of an awkward chuckle, then you can tell me. A total stranger you don't remember meeting before. Okay, yeah, I can hear it now. I smiled despite the lump in my throat. It was a very random offer, but I liked it. I wanted to talk, in fact. I think I needed to. The boy introduced himself as Schnee. I remarked that I had never heard a name like that before, and he told me it wasn't the one given to him at birth. The other parents used to call me that, he said. Do you remember what they called you? I answered that I had no idea what he was talking about. He laughed and, not really minding my actual question, replied, They called you Rabbit. I kept trying to get him to tell me what he meant, but he wouldn't say anything else. So we ended up talking about other things instead, like how we'd seen each other around town every now and again. Schnee seemed to be very happy to have a conversation with me. As he put it, again, after all these years, And while I still didn't get it, I did appreciate the sentiment. There weren't many people who'd say that, and even less who'd mean it. I'm not sure how to explain it, but back then I thought I was pretty unlikable. After all, I was boring, never had much to say, and I had the overall attention span of a fly. I wasn't a good listener either. I don't know if I'm any more bearable today, but that's the beauty of it. I don't care anymore. From that day on, Schnee and I became inseparable. Something just clicked. I'm not sure if it was the remnants of the past we allegedly shared, but there was a kind of mutual trust and understanding between us. It's been 11 years since then. The two of us are living together. We have been for ages. Sharing a place with Schnee seemed like the most logical option at the time. Not only did it allow me to get away from my parents, it was also great to be in the constant company of someone I got along so well with. But there were a lot of things I didn't understand about my best friend. For one, he could be oddly indecisive, almost submissive at times. Whenever we'd go out to eat, he'd study the menu intently, only to then settle on whatever I'd be having, no matter if it matched his taste or not. Better yet, when there was cleaning to be done around the apartment, I'd utter merely one simple word of displeasure about having to do chores, and he'd take care of everything on my behalf. He even gently pushed me away if I would try to take over. Once I asked him why he did that, And his response was, If you're anything like you were when we were little, I don't want to get you grumpy. Besides, I need to show you that I'm grateful, don't I? That's also something he mentions a lot. Apparently, when we were kids, I did something for him. Something big. The way he talks about it makes it sound like I saved his life or something. For a long time, I yearned to remember this oh-so-grand deed of mine, but Schnee would never give me the answers I wanted. If you don't remember the other parents, I'm not telling you until the next cycle starts over again. Then I'll have to, but before that, I'll spare you the trouble. Knowing it wouldn't get me anywhere, I stopped prodding and settled for waiting for this mysterious cycle to start over again. And that's exactly what happened. Just three days ago. I knew it wasn't going to be a normal day. Schnee had been on edge the entire week leading up to it. He didn't try to hide it. Actually, he couldn't have hidden it anyways. Whenever something's wrong with him, he gets the worst nightmares. I can hear him groan and whimper in his sleep when he does. He's also been prowling the town's streets like a vigilante or something, though with no apparent results. Then, finally, the day came that he got up, and early in the morning led me out to the fields. "'It's been twenty years since they took us away, and since we escaped,' he said softly. We were walking down one of the muddy paths leading up to the tree line. It had been raining all night, and the sky was still dark. The chilly air made me shiver. It's natural not to remember. I wish I didn't remember either, but I do— And I can't really help it. The good thing is I remember everything they talked about as well. That's how I knew they would come back. That's why, even when I finally got back here, terrified as I was and shaking all over, the first thing I did was write down the date. I marked it everywhere so I'd never forget. So for the past 20 years, they've been waiting. The problem is, I didn't know How much time passed between when they caught us and when we escaped, and I also didn't know if they were on schedule or not. He paused. Oh God, it sounds weird saying that. On schedule. Like I'm waiting for a circus act or something. What I mean is, maybe they're earlier than last time. Or maybe later. I tried keeping an eye out whenever I could. I was looking for them. I don't know what I was expecting, but before they took us, there'd be some of them wandering about town, like they were scouting or something. I guess I just hoped that if I'd find one, I could scare them off. He explained. Listening to him talk, my stomach had slowly turned. I didn't know what to ask him first, even though there were dozens of questions right there on the tip of my tongue. My mouth suddenly felt very dry. Schnee, if you think there's someone preying on kids around here, why didn't you call the police? For the same reason why nobody came to question me, or any of us, when we arrived back in town, and why our abduction was never reported on. They swept it all under the rug. I, I don't know how they did it. I'm sure they have their ways. Probably bribes or blackmailing. It, it doesn't, doesn't matter. We're on our own. So, we were kidnapped? Is that what happened? No, not just us. There were eight of us. Six from our town and two I didn't know at the time. Five of us got away. Namely, you, me, Saul, and Riz. We made it out. Schnee had told me before that there were other children, now adults, who were with us at the time. He also said that he's the only one who remembers everything. The others know because he told them, but they forgot what it was like living most of it. Saul also remembers some of it all, but it's bits and pieces, so my best friend had to fill in the gaps. It's odd how connected Schnee seems to be to this past of ours. He still goes by his old name and even calls the others Saul and Riz by theirs. Of course, that's only what Schnee addresses them as, not their real names. Schnee introduced me to them. We'd meet up with them occasionally, though I'd hardly describe those get-togethers as social calls. We'd mostly sit around in what I would describe as awkward silence. The main reason we do this is because it's important to Schnee. So that's how you know them, I muttered. Yes, okay, so what we're looking for is... His voice trailed off and he broke into a sprint, me hurrying after him. He finally came to a halt in front of a large evergreen tree and began to fumble for his phone. The beam of his flashlight cut through the darkness illuminating the enormous pine tree before us as well as the ornaments strung up in its branches. My breath caught in my throat when I laid eyes upon them. They were scattered all over the tree. Bright, colorful pieces of clothing. A pink plastic belt, a pastel blue shirt. There were multiple pairs of tiny shoes meticulously placed in a circle around the bottom of the tree. Oh, God, Schnee breathed. His forcefully calm demeanor was failing him, and he let out a blend of a sigh and a stifled sob. They were here. Look, just look at this. It was like that with us, too. Once they'd snatched us, they'd had us dressed up in these weird other clothes they gave us. Then they came back here with our old ones and put them up there like this. My eyes glued to the bizarre sight before me. I slowly walked towards the tree. There was a small white jacket hanging off the tip of one of the branches like on a coat rack. Going around the pine, I counted eight pairs of shoes. It's hard for me to describe how seeing this made me feel. It was an amalgam of dread, despair, and hopelessness. It was too much to take in. The implications of These items, having been left behind, was enough to make me feel sick to my stomach. I could feel my hand shaking. I had to turn away. Gazing off into the dark woods, I tried to soothe my nerves. I had to think clearly. There had to be something we could do, even if we really were on our own like Schnee had said. I couldn't quite finish that thought, though. Peeking out from behind the trees, I suddenly spotted a sliver of white. It took me a split second to realize that it was a face staring back at me. Except that it didn't look right. It was too pale, like it didn't have skin covering it. Another moment passed before I finally worked out it was a mask. And that it had been attached to a person. "'Hey!' I called out, leaping forth towards the stranger who had been gazing at us like a deer in headlights. Schnee had to have seen them too by then, seeing as I could hear him run after me. Upon noticing we were coming towards them, the masked person took off. I didn't have to think about the matter for long. There was no doubt in my mind that they had strung the clothes up there. After thirty seconds of running, Schnee had given up pursuit already, I heard him call out from behind me, telling me to come back. Still, I kept trying to catch up with the masked person. They weren't that far ahead of me. and I've always been fast on my feet, so I figured I had a chance. My hopes grew when I noticed they were slowing down. Thinking they'd tired themselves out, I picked up my pace even further. There was just a few more steps separating me from the stranger. Reaching out to grab them by their black trench coat, I got ready to spin them around. It was then that their hands suddenly shot forward and snatched my wrist. I felt strong fingers dig into my skin as the mass person slowly turned around to face me. I froze in place, staring at the two dark eye holes in the white solid material. The sun still wasn't up, and in the dim light the view was eerie and indistinct. Finally, I regained control over my body. It must have only been two seconds that I stood there gaping at the stranger before I made my first attempt to break free from their grasp. In response, the person rammed their fist into my stomach, but the blow wasn't very strong. I didn't step back and instead lunged at my attacker, toppling over them, landing on top of them. I'm not very strong or heavy, so I was surprised at how easily they buckled underneath me. I pinned them to the ground and immediately reached for the mask. By then I could already tell it was a man, albeit one with a very gaunt and weedy frame. He seemed almost malnourished. He weakly tried to bat at my hands as I pulled at the mask, trying to get it off. Then, all of a sudden, he stopped. The blink of an eye, the man froze up before letting out a soft gasp, followed by an ear-piecing cry, (laughs) "'Rabbit!' he howled, arcing his back as if in pain. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I fell still, looking down at him in bewilderment. There was nothing about him I recognized. Not his clothes, nor his figure or voice. There was only one way he could know me. Who are you? I pressed out. That question didn't seem to register as he kept sobbing and panting almost hysterically. He had reached up to cover his masked face, causing what little he actually said to come out muffled and low. I could hear him utter a few audible words like please and no, but none of what I picked up was coherent enough to make any sense. My heart pounding in my chest. I repeated my inquiry louder this time. Still, he didn't respond. I tried to pry his hand away from his mask, but to no avail. Meanwhile, he'd been steadily working on wriggling out from beneath me like a giant earthworm. He eventually succeeded in shaking me off and rose to his feet, still clutching his face. To my surprise, he didn't run away immediately. Instead, he spoke up again, his voice trembling. (laughs) I'm sorry. He whimpered. I swear... I didn't want to. I only said I liked it so Daddy wouldn't hurt me. But I shouldn't have. I'm so sorry. As soon as those words had left his mouth, however, he took off. Faster this time. I tried to follow him again but found myself completely out of breath. Calling after him yielded no results and I ended up returning to Schnee. He'd wandered into the woods after me, so he met me halfway, sweat dripping off his forehead and a wide-eyed look of exhaustion, fear, and concern on his face. When I came to a halt in front of him, he grabbed me by the shoulders. Have you lost your mind? He shouted in between soft gasps for air. You could have. That guy could have. He had to stop to catch his breath. Where were you? I almost had him back there. I told Schnee, pointing into the direction I'd come from. He got away, though. We have to go after him. This guy, he... I swallowed. The words didn't come easy. He knew me. He must have been there when we got kidnapped. He seemed really out of it, but he recognized me, and then he started apologizing for something. I I don't know what, and then he made a break for it. We need to go after him. He might be going back to... I don't know, those kids maybe, but we've got to. We're not going anywhere. What you did just now was way too dangerous. You can't do that again, ever. Not on your own, at least. We need to talk to Riz and Saul. They've been trying to look out for the kids in this town just like me. It's not much, but we did our best. Went around talking to parents and people we knew, those who'd listened to us, that is. He took a deep breath. The messed up thing is, people here know us. They knew what happened to us. It's this unspoken kind of thing. They wouldn't tell you if you yourself didn't remember, but even if they don't come up to you and go, weren't you one of those kids who disappeared? Believe me, they haven't forgotten about us. That's why they gave us credence wasn't enough, though, apparently. I mean, it's not that surprising. What did I expect? That man back there? I, I think I know who he was. I might remember him. Good God, if it's really him, I don't know, but it does sound like he's the same guy. It's been 20 years, so right away now he'd be... Schnee fell silent, lost in thought and seemingly forgetting what he wanted to say. So, who is he? I prodded. There's one way to know for sure. Did you see his left eye? I frowned, then slowly shook my head. Not really. The mask was kind of like, not in the way, but distracting. And it was pretty dark back there. Schnee sighed. If it's the guy I remember from back then, his left eye should be gone. Gone? I asked. He hummed. "Mm, Or at least not fully there anymore. I didn't see how it looked after healing back then, but what happened is his face got carved up on that side. He had a cutting knife taken to it. Schnee shuddered silently. I saw it happen. By the end of it, the knife kind of stuck out of his eyeball. There was so much blood. I slowly shook my head. I still don't know what you're talking about. I know. I'm sorry. It's not going to make much sense with me babbling like this. It's just difficult, you know? Like, where do I even start? My recollection isn't flawless either. There's things I really don't want to think about. His voice trailed off and he shook his head. We need to talk to Saul and Riz first. If we decide to do something about this, And we'll have to see about that first as well. Then we need to do it together. And those kids... I don't know where they are, but right now... God, I need to fill you in first. Saul and Riz are gonna have to help. I can't do this alone. I could see it was all a bit too much for him. I put my hand on his back and kept it there as we walked out of the woods. Both of us glancing over our shoulders every few seconds. I could feel the fabric of his jacket shift beneath my palm as his shoulders were trembling slightly. I didn't want to overstrain him, but there was only one more thing I needed to know right then and there. Why didn't you tell me earlier? I I could have helped you guys. Then he replied. His tone was unnaturally bitter. I just wanted you to be happy. Just a little while longer. He paused and swallowed. If you don't remember them, you don't remember what they did to us. Tiny Terrors is an anthology horror podcast produced by Pulp Audio and licensed under a Creative Commons Attribution Non-Commercial Sharealike 4.0 International License. This episode was directed by Cole Weavers, with sound production and editing by Mike LeBeau. To find additional information or to join our Patreon for additional content and ad-free episodes, visit our website, www.tinyterrorspod.com. Follow us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at TinyTerrorsPod. Or join the Pulp Audio Discord by clicking the link in the description below. Rate and review us on Spotify and Apple. And finally, thanks for listening.